gracious God, as we turn to your word for us, may the Spirit of God rest upon us. Help us to be steadfast in our hearing, in our speaking, and in our believing, and in our living. Amen. In order to set the stage for a new series, there's always this introductory message. These are always a little bit tricky uh, because we're trying to cover a very general view of things in our process in order that we can get more specific in the execution over the next several weeks. This series will take us through to the beginning of Lent. It's, it's hard to think about Lent right now, but uh, the Christian calendar is especially mysterious when it comes to the season of Lent and Easter. And it has everything to do with phases of the moon and the Jewish calendar and all of that. But all that to say that this series will take us quickly to the season of Lent, which begins with Ash Wednesday. But for now, let us explore Ecclesiastes. The first thing that people always want to know is, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament is a word that means the preacher. And so you could say that this is a book that is uh, sort of the memoir of a preacher or the, the, the lessons learned by the preacher. But we wouldn't want to think of preachers in the sense of, well, yours truly, for example. In common belief is that at Solomon is the author of the book of Ecclesiastes and that this is one of the wisdom books of Solomon. And so it would be better to say this, this, uh, this leader of a theocratic kingdom. In other words, he was the king of a nation dedicated to God and to the law of Moses. So all of that being said, Solomon is reflecting as one who is both a leader in a political sense and in a spiritual sense. He is the figurehead for this theocratic kingdom. He is the one who gave us the first temple, Solomon's temple. And so we're listening to the wisdom of Solomon. Now, if we read Solomon's story throughout the Bible, um, one of the things we learn is, is that he prayed for wisdom and he started out pretty well. And uh, his wisdom was renowned throughout the known world as, a, as superior. And uh, he's famous for that, uh, that story that you've heard probably at least told but not related to the Bible because it's such a common theme that Solomon was the one who, when two women were fighting over whose baby it was, he said, look, let the real uh, mother be revealed this way. If, uh, if you cut the baby in half, each one of you can have half the baby. And the real mother said, no, don't do that. You know, so that was his wisdom, right? You know, that, that, so Solomon, we find out though, got, he, he turned a little sour as time went past. He, he became a little full of himself. A lesson for 2021 that is worth repeating every year at this time is don't take yourself too seriously. It will always lead to trouble. 
whenever we start thinking too much about ourselves and how people view us and, and, and whether or not we're important or whether we're influential or, you know, when we start taking ourselves too seriously, it's a slippery slope. And for Solomon, it took him from being a great king to one who brought about disaster for his kingdom. And it had everything to do with his ego, his politics changed, everything changed. But apparently in the book of Ecclesiastes, he was still wise. And these reflections tell us a lot about what he learned. So we're going to read the uh, prologue to the book of Ecclesiastes, and then we're gonna jump over to the epilogue so that you can begin this study by understanding where he started with this and what he meant for us to understand as a result of this. So let's turn first to the Ecclesiastes. Now listen, this is one of those books in the Bible you're gonna find difficult to find in your Bible, all right? I wanna tell you right now, it's, it's kind of in the middle of an Old Testament, New Testament Bible, like our, our church Bibles here, it's sort of right in the middle there. Um, so start right about the middle and then if you find like Proverbs is on one side of Ecclesiastes and Psalms is before Proverbs and then if you were looking for the other side, the book of Isaiah, which is a big book, is on the other side. So between Proverbs and Isaiah rests the small book of Ecclesiastes and we're going to read now first chapter 1 verses 1 to 11. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north and around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness, a man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? Is, it has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. Well, isn't that just cheery? We're going to get to the epilogue here momentarily, but, but you know, you, you're going to hear that and say, okay, so uh, why are we doing this book? Uh, did anybody finish 2020 feeling a lot like Solomon? Did anybody finish 2020 feeling like things were kind of circular and monotonous? And, you know, did it feel to you like... It was a little on the side of hopeless. The beautiful thing about the book of Ecclesiastes is that 
it reveals one of the truths of the Bible that many people fail to notice, especially those who are outside of Bible knowledge. In other words, there's people who criticize the Bible all the time, but if you really pick their brains, you find out they've never really read it. They just think they know what it says. But what the things that, one of the things that makes the Bible so remarkable, and particularly Ecclesiastes, is how it reveals the flaws, the doubts, the shortcomings. It's, it's really amazing how this holy book of God that is God's transmission of God's heart and mind to the people of God, and it contains all these broken characters that, that the, the most elite and wonderful people in the Bible are also the most radically flawed. And Solomon is no exception. And, and so what he's revealing here is, is that no matter how great his faith no matter how richly he's been rewarded by God, because after all, Solomon was considered the richest man who ever lived in the greatest kingdom that ever existed. And, and his inheritance from his father David is still being anticipated, you know, that it might return yet. And, and Solomon says, you know, it's all just a bunch of vanity. It's all just a waste of time. You know, what is it all good for anyway? And so he's reflecting on his life and he's, he's, he's saying, you know, all of this is so pointless and empty. You know, uh, in effect, he's, you know, there, there was an old joke that, that when I was a kid, it was always Howard Hughes that we used an example, but maybe you'd say Warren Buffett or Bill Gates today. You say, well, how much when they die do you suppose they'll leave behind? And the answer is all of it. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much they have. When they die, they leave it all behind. You know, you can't take it with you. So all that you do in life, all that you produce, if it doesn't serve something that lasts beyond you, it disappears with you. And it doesn't count for anything in heaven. So this is what Solomon means when he calls it a vanity, a vanity to, to really to, to, to presuppose that you're so special. Remember I said that one of Solomon's problem was is that he reached a point where he took himself too seriously, where he started believing the things they were saying about him. You know, he started believing his own press releases and, and he started being, you know, a celebrity, you know, and, and started thinking of himself too highly. And, and became focused on his, on, you know, his brand. And then what happens is, is he writes this book and says, you know, it was all vanity. It didn't count for anything. He's like an old rock star, you know? He's, he's living in the nursing home and, 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 you know, he might have his old long hair and his big lips or something, but at the end of the day, he isn't what he used to be and nobody knows or cares anymore. You know, one of the worst parts about growing old is that at some point, the world considers you irrelevant. Believe me when I say this, it's not irrelevant. And we should be like the Jewish culture that was established by God, people who revere our elders. Elders should be held in esteem and treated with dignity and celebrated for their collective wisdom and their life experiences and their achievements. But, but let's be honest, our culture doesn't do that on purpose. And so here's Solomon, once the richest, most powerful king in the world, noted as the most wise king who ever walked the earth, and yet he says at this point in his life, it was all for nothing.
It was all for nothing, and eventually it all fell apart. So this is what Ecclesiastes is trying to communicate to us, that as we explore the verses of Ecclesiastes, we understand all of the hopes and dreams and doubts and fears that go along with being a faithful, obedient servant to the God who is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one and only Father in heaven. This is why we study this book. And this, this is also going to include, as we move through the weeks ahead, um, prayer concerns that have been shared in the church's prayer room. Now, don't worry, we won't name names or reveal any private information, but we're going to demonstrate how the things that Ecclesiastes deals with are also things that we deal with every day. And so we'll study this book in order to understand that wisdom literature is transcendent. It's like classical music, it never goes out of style. Now let's look at Solomon's conclusion in the epilogue to Ecclesiastes. And listen, this is a short book, look at that. Just, just one, two, three pages. You get down here to the end and we're gonna read now from chapter 12, verses nine to 14. And I want you to hear where this takes us. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads and like nails. Firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books, there is no end. And much study is the weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So we go from his opening statement that it's all vanity to his closing statement that says, because this is the thing that matters most, fear God and keep God's commandments. Remember how when we prayed the covenant prayer, we were talking about how we can only guess at what this year is going to bring, but one thing we can be sure of is that God is the same yesterday, today, and always. This is exactly what Solomon means for us to take away from his short wisdom literature in this case. Solomon wants us to understand that, that life is meaningless without God, that life is purposeless without following God's precepts or God's plan of action. You're just wandering around satisfying the flesh day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, unless you have a life that is driven by purpose given from God. And God's purpose is hidden in God's Word, capital W, which is the very heart and mind of God expressed to us. And God's Word comes through the preaching of the Word, through the shepherd that he mentioned, which would be, in my case, yours truly, or the preacher, or in the written Word as we find it in the Bible. How do you find purpose in your life so that you're not living a vain existence? Look to the wisdom of the scriptures. Listen to what Solomon says. He's had it all 
and then thoroughly messed it up because of vanity. What can we gain by reading what he has to say about that? This series is going to be called For Everything There Is a Season, and I hope that you will gain much from the study. For now, let us pray. Almighty God, with the Spirit's help, we pray that we can learn and receive all that you have in store for us through this study. We pray that this new year will be a new opportunity not to make things go the way we want them to, but to recognize that following your precepts and trusting you alone for meaning and purpose and direction is the best way. Help us to continue this journey that began late uh, last winter as we learned how to focus on the things that matter most. And we pray that as a family of faith, we'll glorify you through our efforts. For Christ's name's sake, we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.